0: And with that, we say a hearty hello to our friend Steve Lansky from Big Mouth Sports. Steve, how are you, man?
1: I'm great. How are you, sir?
0: I'm good. I want you to know, Steve, that I do spend time thinking about what I would like to talk to you about, and that I sometimes remember to send you the list of what I want to talk about. However, on a day where I did send you a list, the... NHLers are going to the Olympics. Todd McClellan fired. Sean Monahan, Monahan traded. So, uh, where do you want to start? Because it's all big news, explosive news, and then we have our little bit that we wanted to talk about.
1: Dude, the last time I checked, it was your show. You're okay. running the show because I let me let me throw something at you. If you say to me, "What do you want?", the best thing you should do then is dive under the counter because <laughs> <laughs> Steve spent 45 years telling everybody else what he wanted. I'm real happy to have somebody else run the show. <laughs> well, but
0: but the good thing is the one person who will never listen to you, you married. So that's good. You did well. There you go. Yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did.
0: So Olympics. I'm thrilled for Connor McDavid, but I'm thrilled for NHL fans too because uh, the NHL is not being in the Olympics. The Olympics are still fantastic, but it, it once you, I think created a scenario where NHLers could play in the Olympics, letting go of it was very difficult for fans, in my opinion. How do you feel?
1: Exactly. You know, for years and years, and I I know a little bit about the Olympic history, Canada dominated forever. USSR started playing in the 50s. Whoa, that changed. Canada didn't like the rules, bailed out for a while because USSR was professional, Canada was not. 98, they managed to solve it all and we went to Nagano, lost, but that's okay because we got to see something we'd never been able to see, and it was the best players from Canada in the Olympic Winter Games. And I still, i got to be honest with you, I will die not believing there was a 12-year gap between 2014 and 2026 where they did not go to the Olympics. I, I still can't believe it. I can't believe they couldn't have solved it, but when I read that today... I was riding the bike, and I thought, wow, this is – that got me through to the end of the 30 minutes. I was so excited that they were – that the NHL was going to be back in the Olympics.
0: Did you – Did you? were you so excited you put a hill in there, or did you just keep going downhill?
1: There's hills in there. I'm on level <laughs> 10 for 30 minutes, and if you collected everything that poured off me, you could water the <laughs> desert.
0: Well, the descriptor is awful, but it does ring true.
1: (laughs) Listen, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to make you feel. I don't care what you feel. Okay, I just want you to feel something.
0: Well, that's why we love you, Lansky. All right. Last night, I don't know how much of it you caught. I I was in and out. I didn't catch all of it. But, But the NHL does get prime time. And they don't use it well at these Olympics where they, or these all-star breaks where they, they take their personnel, their people that they want to put in the best possible light, and then they watch them drown slowly on live television.
1: Oh, is that not the best way to describe it? I would never have come up with drown slowly. That's exactly what it is. It's agonizing. They go down for five seconds. They come up for a breath of air, then back down, then up briefly, then back. It, it is agonizing. It's agonizing. And there's nothing you can do. I just, I just want to go and say, I will put all of you out of your misery. Which, <laughs> which way would you like that, done? Because this is Horrible. If, if I was a player, I would steadfastly refuse to be part of whatever this is. It's just so, it's so uncomfortable. My wife said to me yesterday, we were watching a little bit. She said, this is like going to Christmas dinner and somebody starts to talk and you just have no interest in what they're saying, and they are so boring, and they keep talking, and you just have to smile and eat the stuffing and the gravy and the turkey and go, oh, my God, I just want to leave the table and throw up. That's what it is.
0: It's, you know, the 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 the, the unfortunate thing about it is hockey players, generally speaking, are amiable, and they're going to go ahead and do it. But I just think from the point of view of getting it, Right and getting it compelling. They had like they had interesting people, interesting stars there. They, I think they're doing. They're trying to get younger. There are some good things there, but control is important. So even if you pre-recorded something and it was a half an hour, it could be tighter. If there's a funny line, you know, include that and exclude everything where people are looking like some of those some of those players. Like, Kachuk was playing like he was, you know, five years old and on the swings with his legs moving back and forth. It's just not something they're used to, and so the the appropriateness of their behavior is not compelling, and it, it, it allows people to take shots at them.
1: I just don't know, I, and I don't even know what the solution is. I mean, if somebody said to me, you're charged with making this better tomorrow, I would probably sit down and watch it 10 times and just have volumes and volumes of notes, things we're not doing again. I watched Dave Keon walk out there with those four envelopes, He did not know where he was going. He did not know what he was doing. David Amber didn't know what he was doing. He called him Mr. Keon. Good God. What what are you, like 14? And Dave is like 50? Like, he's Dave. I've, I've done a million athlete interviews. I've never called anybody Mr. Anything. Good God, are we not contemporaries here? Keon didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing with the envelopes. They didn't introduce the kids on the stage. Like, just everything was wrong, absolutely everything. Do you know how hard it is, Al, to get everything wrong? It's almost impossible. (laughs) So I guess in that sense, they've succeeded. They got everything they could possibly get wrong, wrong
0: yeah and, and uh, like I like I admit I'm probably the only guy in the world who liked Keon talking about 67 because I remember I don't remember that team specifically but I remember everybody who played on that team and I do remember the Frank Mahovlich trade and I do remember you know Chicago being really good and Montreal looking past people there was stuff he was saying to me great memory but it I loved it but that that too could have been much shorter i I think somebody needs an editor.
1: There's four, so let's, let's, there's four major leagues. To me, the one that does it absolutely the best, it's not even close, is the National Football League. Second would be Major League Baseball. And what I'm talking about is integrating the past with the present because it's really easy to say, oh, today's kids don't care about the past. I don't care if they care about the past or not. It's part of what this league is. And to me, the NFL blends it perfectly. Now, they have a tremendous benefit in that they've had NFL films for I don't know how many years, almost 70 years. They have footage of absolutely everything, everywhere, everyone. When I worked at Hockey Night in Canada, this is going to make some people skin crawl, we didn't even know what footage we had. It was unlabeled in a room. Oh, no. no. Nobody knew what was there. We would put a tape in, me and another producer, and we would literally have to figure out what this was. So, like, you know, we'd put a tape in and I'd go, this is a game from, like, the 60s between the Seals and the Penguins, and it's an entire game tape. And it's labeled Hot Chocolate. That's what it's labeled. (laughs) I'm not I wish I was kidding. I'm not. And we would sit there, Mark Askin and I, and we both knew quite a bit about hockey and we would sit and watch okay what year would this be from and then let's say michel briere made a play well michel briere only played one year in the nhl before he was killed yes so then we'd know we'd know what year it was and so we'd relabel that tape but nobody had time to do that and i can't tell you how saddening and frustrating and upsetting that was for me and the NHL just doesn't do it like the NFL and Major League Baseball does. And I think the fan, the young fan, and the older fan are both poorer for it.
0: Oh, I, I would pay money. I, I like I I pay money for the hockey news archive. I would pay money to watch like a game a week of seals and penguins in '68, '69. Uh, and and I, I'm I'm serious. That could be a revenue stream. That stuff is gold to me.
1: I'll tell you what you're gonna love. So Mark and I would be sitting there. And we'd be pretty, pretty loud. You know, we'd be, oh, my God, look at that save. Look at that. I remember Glenn Sather coming up one time and laughing at how bad a skater he was. <laughs> he was. He was playing for St. Louis. He looked like he was just running on his skate. It was so bad. And then, brace yourself for this, Frank Selke Jr. would walk in because Frank worked in the office with us. Right. And Frank would, what are you guys doing? They were watching a game from 67. Frank, you want to watch? Sure. Frank would sit down and the three of us would watch. And then Frank would start to tell stories about Charlie Finley, about the NHL. Yeah. About the (sighs) NHL in those days, about his dad, about his career as a broadcaster. Um, And we could literally whiz away an entire afternoon sitting there with Frank. When I think about it, my chest gets warm. It was so exciting for me and so enjoyable. If I could throw a switch and go back to those days sitting with Frank watching those old tapes i would do it in a heartbeat
0: oh i just i'm so jealous of you right now i would love to have been there oh my god
1: and every <sighs> once in a while of course frank would pop up and he'd go oh i remember this interview this was a terrible interview skip through this <laughs> Like, no, no, Frank, we're watching, we're it, watching it on the Mo, <laughs> We're watching it on slow-mo, right? Uh, <laughs> and then we laugh and laugh. And, of course, we're like 25, and Frank is, I don't know how old, then, 60. He thought it was great. He thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Is
0: there any way to for somebody to go in there and, and archive it and have it be more public? Because I am telling you, I would love to see that stuff.
1: So in Montreal, they also had... Uh, an archive library, it was all film. And the guy's name, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, was John Miller. And John Miller's job, he wore white gloves every day, was to go through these old films and archive them. And I remember saying to him one time, because we would sit there and watch, and he'd do the same thing. He'd say, oh, this looks like about 1938. But then you'd have to watch and see what players, and you'd have to reference rosters. There was no Internet then. So it was quite a, quite an arduous job. Right. And I said to him, I said, John, will you ever finish this work? And he said, if I finish this work, I'm out of a job. So <sighs> that was him saying. Yeah, that was him saying no. But, Al, I'm telling you, the room was 20 feet by eight feet. And every rack was filled with film. I a, and the, the thing that bothers me is I have no idea where it is now. I have no idea who's in charge of it. It could be anywhere. Pray to God it's in the National Archives of Canada. But really, there's no way to know.
0: It could be in a garage somewhere.
1: It could be. Yes, it could. Like that box of 1979-80 Opeechee cards. Yes, it could.
0: Oh, God. That that upsets me, but that's the way the world is. Me too. Me
1: too. Yeah.
0: So um, let's move to modern times. How are you doing? I don't like breaks. I don't like the All-Star Game. I don't like breaks. I understand the All-Star Game exists for people other than me, and that's fine. Kids and uh, sponsors, I totally get that. But... It feels like there's an all star break and then a week off, so I, I I don't actually remember the numbers and names on the Oilers. It's so bad for me. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't mind a little break. Now, when I was producing National Hockey League games, you would take any break you could get because when the playoffs came, I mean, geez, you were doing. I don't know. 51 games in 60 days, like it was not. Wow. So I, I, I kind of grew to like breaks a little bit because that's when I took time to process everything. And I'll be honest with you, at this point, I don't mind enjoying other parts of my life, going to movies. I think we've been to about six movies in the last four days. So I, I, kind, of, I kind of enjoy the little break. I think the optimal schedule for me is 60 games. There's about a game every three days. To me, that would be absolutely perfect. I'd see, I think we'd see the best out of the players. You're never going to shave 22 off the schedule. But to me, I think that would be perfect. I think we'd see the best regular season hockey we could see if that was the case.
0: Um, yeah, I, I I see your point there. I am I guess I'm just mad that the Oilers seem like they're gone, but I'm sure the other teams will take their breaks. Yeah. Um, just trying to figure out where I want to go with you because I've got about two more minutes with you. Um, how do you feel about the Oilers' first half? Like, do you think like McDavid was hurt? Didn't play great. Then he played fantastically well. I feel like the whole team deserves like a D for the first little bit, and then an A plus. Is that about right for
1: you? Mm, no F for the start. It has to be an F. And I I I, I think you're right. He was more hurt than. He let on, or that we knew. I think that's true. Um, I would definitely give him an an F. And to be honest with you, after that, what's above A plus? A plus plus? Hmm. I'd give him an A plus plus. I'm 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 trying to find the like. This is insane that I'm going to say this, but since Knobloch took over, I'm trying to find any minus. It's hard. It's hard. It, it's hard. You know what it is? It's impossible, man. It's impossible. If you said to me the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting tomorrow, I'd say, let's go. So I'm going F to A++, which is – I've never seen anything like it in my life.
0: No, I I, – it's hard to put words to it because – it is for some... Like, I remember the 68-69 and sixty nine seventy seasons. I don't remember them specifically, but I remember events that occurred. I remember Gordie Howe ragging the puck uh, in a game that defeated the Montreal Canadiens in 69-70, and they would miss the playoffs. I remember all of that. And I've never seen anything like this team. To go from so bad to so, so good is... I don't know how you do it, but they did it.
1: I I think you just... You go in and you say to people, you've been trying these seven things. We're going to keep this one, and we're going to change these six. And that's really what I think happened. I think think Coffee and Knoblock came in and said, we're going to stop thinking about a bunch of stuff. And instead of you having ten jobs, you're going to have two. And Mm. this is what they are. It does and feel like that. Yeah. It does. It does to me, and I don't think there's any athlete who wouldn't relish going from ten to two because you know how you can focus on two jobs really, really well if you're a professional athlete. And I think that's a big part of that. A big part of that equation. I really do.
0: Lansky, you rock! Thanks, man. Have a great weekend.
1: You too. My pleasure.
0: Okay, there's Steve Lansky from Big Mouth Sports.